Hi everyone, this is Pedro Chung, and welcome to Bible Sumo Weekly, a Bible study podcast for everyday Christians. We are continuing our study in the book of Genesis and the life of Joseph. Episode title, Joseph Reunites with Benjamin. Well, you'll recall in our last episode, we remember that Jacob had no choice but to send his sons for a second return trip to Egypt to purchase more food. For without food from Egypt, Jacob's family will starve and perish. But it did take Judah's surety guarantee to convince Jacob to allow Benjamin to go to Egypt. And I had mentioned earlier that we will delve deeper into the significance of Judah's surety guarantee in Genesis chapter 44. I also highlighted that in chapter 43, we see an important turning point in the life of Jacob and seeing his trust in God. For he entrusts his sons to God, and he gave the following benediction earlier in the chapter when he says, May God Almighty grant you mercy before the man, and may he send back your other brothers and Benjamin. And as for me, if I am bereaved, I am bereaved. And we saw that Jacob placed his complete confidence in the invisible hand of God's providence. Remember Jacob's grandfather Abraham back in Genesis 22. Even though God had promised that through Isaac, his son, would come the blessing of many descendants and many nations, God actually asked Abraham to take his beloved son Isaac to Mount Moriah to sacrifice him. Abraham did obey God, and when Isaac asked his father where was the lamb for the burnt offering, Abraham replied, God will provide. Now, Abraham didn't know how God would provide, but he trusted God, even if it meant losing his son. So even though God had called Abraham out of Ur to the land of Canaan and gave him those promises, the promise of land, the promise of many descendants, and that all nations will be blessed through his descendants, Abraham wavered in his faith through most of his entire life. And it wasn't until Genesis 22 when Abraham showed that he did finally have complete confidence in God no matter what the circumstances were. Now, in the book of Job, we see that Job shared this same perspective when he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. Yahweh gave, and Yahweh has taken away. Blessed be the name of Yahweh. And we touched in our previous episode that the Apostle Paul Again, with the same perspective, he learned the secret of Christian contentment. So just like his grandfather Abraham, just like Job, just like the apostle Paul, Jacob here is learning to be content in whatever circumstance he had. And he says, if I am bereaved, I am bereaved. So Jacob commands his sons to do three things. First, to bring gifts to appease the prime minister. Second, to bring double the money to compensate for the food that was received without payment. And third, his sons were to bring their brother Benjamin. 
Now let's read the first of two passages that we'll be covering in this episode, beginning in Genesis chapter 43, verse 15. So the men took this present, and they took double the money with them and Benjamin. They arose and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, Bring the men into the house and slaughter an animal and make ready, for the men are to dine with me at noon. The man did as Joseph told him and brought the men to Joseph's house. And the men were afraid because they were brought to Joseph's house. And they said, It is because of the money which was replaced in our sacks the first time that we are brought in so that he may assault us and fall upon us and make us servants and seize our donkeys. So they went up to the servant, the steward of Joseph's house, and spoke with him at the door of the house and said, O my Lord, we came down the first time to buy food. And when we came to the lodging place, we opened our sacks and there was each man's money in the mouth of his sack our money in full weight. So we have brought it again with us, and we have brought other money down with us to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. He replied, Peace to you. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has put treasure in your sacks for you. I received your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. And when the man had brought the men into Joseph's house and given them water, and they had washed their feet, and when he had given their donkeys fodder, they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they heard that they should eat bread there. So at the start of this passage, we see that Jacob's sons did exactly as their father had instructed. They took the gifts, double money, and Benjamin. Now, Joseph was astute. He must have known exactly how much food was given to his brothers. And he would have known exactly when they would likely run out of food. And so I think he was eagerly waiting for his brother's return. And as expected, Joseph's brothers did return. And they returned with Benjamin. Now, what happens next reminds me of Luke chapter 15 and the picture that Jesus painted with this parable of the prodigal son. And you remember in this prodigal, what happened when the father sees his lost son. In the parable, the father orders his servants to bring in the fattened calf, kill it, and prepare a feast of celebration. And similarly here, we see Joseph calling the steward of his house to bring his brothers into his house, slaughter an animal, and prepare a feast of celebration. Now, I should briefly note that God did not give his dietary laws to his people until more than 400 years later. So this meal obviously would not be kosher. So Joseph's servant obeys and brings Joseph's brothers to the house of Joseph. Now we remember, Joseph's brothers are petrified. For since their return back to Canaan, along with their father, Joseph's brothers had feared the worst. 
They feared that Simeon was likely punished for their perceived theft of the food. And they feared additional retribution would come to them from the prime minister. So when they learned that they were being led to the prime minister's house, they knew that this was not typical protocol. Now, their fears were not unwarranted. Because remember, later in 2 Samuel chapter 13, when Absalom had plotted to kill Ammon, he actually commands his servants to kill Ammon while Ammon was merry with wine eating at their house. And so we gain further insight from this third-person omniscient narrator revealing Joseph's brother's fears. For they said, it's because of the money that we are brought in so that he may assault us and make us slaves and seize our donkeys. So Joseph's brothers bring a preliminary apology and defense to Joseph Stewart at the front door, and they explain that they had not intentionally taken the money, and they had returned now with double the money, and they reported no knowledge on how the money had been returned into their sacks during their first trip. Now notice Joseph Stewart's response. He first begins with the word shalom, that is translated, peace to you. Joseph's brothers were gripped with fear from the possible retaliation that they would receive. But instead of receiving any retribution, the Stewart replied, shalom, do not be afraid. And he acknowledges that their God, The God of Jacob has put this treasure of money in your sacks. I received your money already. The books are balanced. You do not owe any more money. And the money that you had discovered in your sacks was a divine gift from your God Almighty. Now, I can't imagine that this response was something spontaneous from the steward. And I think he was likely instructed from his master Joseph that should these men bring up the incident of the food and the money, this is how you are to respond. And again, we see the irony that the Egyptian steward had more trust in God than Joseph's brothers had. And to prove that his word was genuine, the steward brings out Simeon, unscathed and unharmed. And I think it's interesting that there's actually no description of any response made by the brothers or Simeon. Not, I think, that the brothers were indifferent, but I'm assuming that if there was some great emotional response, something would have been recorded or mentioned by the narrator. Now, notice also that we don't see Simeon elated either. And he was probably so well treated that he wasn't all that excited to see his brothers and the threat of disrupting his life of comfort. Next, we see that the steward performs three acts of hospitality. The brothers are first given water. The brothers then have their feet washed. And finally, their donkeys were given fodder and feed. And then the brothers were told to prepare to dine at noon when Joseph will arrive. Now, what could the brothers be thinking now? Could the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob have shown them mercy? I mean, not only were their lives spared from death or enslavement, Simeon was in perfect health, 
and now they receive this unexpected warm welcome. Well, let's continue reading, beginning in verse 26. When Joseph came home, they brought into the house to him the present that they had with him and bowed down to him to the ground. And he inquired about their welfare and said, Is your father well? The old man of whom you spoke, is he still alive? They said, Your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads and prostrated themselves. Then he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your youngest brother? Of whom you spoke to me? God be gracious to you, my son. And then Joseph hurried out, for his compassion grew warm for his brother, and he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out, and controlling himself, he said, Serve the food. They served him by himself, and them by themselves and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked at one another in amazement. Portions were taken to them from Joseph's table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. And they drank and were merry with him. So at the start of this second passage, we see that Joseph finally arrives and the brothers had prepared their gifts for presentation. And they bowed down to Joseph a second time. Now remember, the first time was during their first meeting in Genesis 42. Joseph then inquires about the welfare of his father Jacob, and notice that the brother said, Your servant, our father, is well. And after explaining their father, Joseph's servant, is alive, the brothers bowed their heads again and prostrated themselves. So, by proxy, Jacob, through his sons, is bowing and paying homage to the Prime Minister Joseph. The Hebrew verbs translated bowed down and prostrated are generally referring to the act of paying homage to God, but occasionally these two verbs are also used to show reverence for royalty. And so here we again we see the fulfillment of Joseph's two dreams back in Genesis 37. Now Joseph lifted up his eyes, presumably as the brothers finished prostrating themselves, and then after more than 20 years, Joseph sees his mother's son, his full brother, Benjamin. Now he tries to keep his composure by saying, is this your youngest brother? But Joseph quickly excuses himself to find a place to weep. Now again, I need to mention Joseph has experienced in his life so much pain, so much hardship, but we never see him breaking down until his reunion with his brothers. Now, he must have wept for some time because he needed to wash his face before returning. And regaining his composure, 
Joseph gives the orders, serve the food. Now, I want to make a few comments about this meal. First, let's examine how the attendees were arranged in this meal. Notice the separation of the people. Joseph ate by himself. The brothers ate by themselves. And the Egyptians ate by themselves. So, we are given additional explanation that the Egyptians did not eat with foreigners, especially the Hebrews who were shepherds. Succinctly put, to eat with Hebrews was an abomination. In other words, for the Egyptians to eat with the Hebrews, it was detestable, morally repugnant. And this actually foreshadows the preparation for the Hebrews settling eventually in the area of Goshen. Now, we are given further detail that the 11 brothers were given a seating chart at their table, and they were assigned to sit by birth order. Now, if my math is correct, there are over 3 million different permutations of how you can arrange the 10 older brothers, assuming that the Egyptians knew that Benjamin was the youngest brother. Now, even if they sat on a circular table, the odds of arranging the 10 brothers in birth order would be less than one in 360,000. And so, no wonder the brothers looked at each other in amazement. The brothers must be realizing that all that they are seeing is orchestrated by the invisible hand of God. The money in their sacks the steward telling the brothers that God had put it there. Now they are invited to a meal at the home of Egypt's prime minister, and they are seated according to their birth order. One more important cultural tidbit that we need to understand. Unlike some cultures, in ancient Egypt, people did not have meals family style. That is, you didn't have food placed at the center of the table for everyone to eat without restriction, but rather food was served individually. And furthermore, due to the severity of the famine, I would have expected that the portions would be somewhat limited. And so the brothers would sit down in birth order, and like going to a sit-down restaurant, their food would have been brought to them on an individual plate. And the food that was on each of their plates was theirs alone. And it would be courtesy and polite to finish the food on their plate. And we see that with intention that the 10 older brothers were given equal portions of food. But Benjamin was not given the same amount of food. He wasn't even given twice as much food but he was given five times as much food. And so we see the favoritism that is shown to Benjamin over his brothers. Now remember, Joseph understood fully the negative results and his calamity when his father Jacob showed him favoritism over his older brothers. But again, I think that this is a minor test that Joseph gives And it's going to precede the greater test that we will soon see in the next chapter. And one more side note, the provision of food in this meal comes from Joseph's personal portion. 
In other words, this meal was not funded by the government. This meal was provided through Joseph's personal resources, and it foreshadows Joseph being the source for his family's future survival. Now, let me read the final sentence in the chapter again. And they drank and were merry with him. So, even though Benjamin was given favoritism, he was shown favor, there was no sign of envy from his brothers, no jealousy, no questioning, only joy, only merriment. But why? Well, realize that all the fears that the brothers had that had been stored up over the recent months, they were completely expelled with this gesture of peace, hospitality, and celebration. Simeon is still alive. Benjamin is honored. And their debt obligation has been cleared. But this isn't the end of the story, is it? Remember Joseph's master plan. His plan required the return of Benjamin. And now Benjamin has returned. So, in a sense, Joseph has successfully softened his brother's defenses with his warm welcome and gesture of hospitality. And now that Benjamin has returned to Egypt, Joseph gets to set in motion one final ultimate test to examine and show the true character of his older brothers. And we'll see how this plan unfolds in our next episode in Genesis 44. Thanks for listening to Bible Sumo Weekly. For more information about me or this podcast, visit our website at biblesumo.com. In our next episode, we will continue our series in the book of Genesis and the life of Joseph and we'll see Joseph instructing his servants to place his silver cup in the sack of Benjamin. Follow our podcast and subscribe to listen to our Bible studies each and every week here at Bible Sumo Weekly.